Get ready for unique, rare, and little-known treasures from the golden age of radio. You're listening to The Amazing World of Radio with Adam Graham. Welcome to The Amazing World of Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Our summer series continues with another episode of Top Secret. The original air date on this episode is August the 6th of 1950, and the title is Disaster in London. This story is Top Secret. Top Secret. Starring beautiful Ilona Massey as the Baroness Karen Gazer in transcribed stories of international intrigue and espionage brought to you each week at this time by NBC. Tonight, as Assignment 9, Disaster in London. This assignment began that actually should have ended, started that it should have finished. The end and the beginning took place in a deserted subway station in the city of London at two o'clock on the morning of the 15th of June. At this hour, there were no passengers. The station was empty. Everything was silent, motionless. Like the body of Nicholas Kessler lying across the express tracks. In our swift, silent struggle, he had fallen off the platform, struck his head on the rail. The parcel for which so many people had fought and killed and spied was in my hands at last. London was saved. My mission was ended. For in a moment, Nicholas Kessler would die beneath the wheels of the Charing Cross Express. I could hear the far-off rumble of the train coming closer closer. I stood there on the empty platform in the dim light without pity, without feeling. This man deserved no sympathy, no mercy. Had he lived, he would have lost the war for England. The train raced toward his puny, sprawling, unconscious body, steel wheels on steel tracks, a symphony of clashing sounds, steel wheels cutting, turning. I did not look at what was left on the track. Nicholas Kessler was dead. My mission was over. Lord Harland, this is Karen Giza. I'm calling from my apartment. I just got in. Oh, did you get it? Yes. Where? From Nicholas Kessler, in the Mornington Crescent subway station. And where's Kessler now? He's dead. How? He was run over by the Charing Cross Express. But you got the parcel? Yes. Can you bring it to me now? 
No. Why? Nikolaus Kessler was watched, and I am being watched. Until it is in your hands, it would be suicide for me to move out of this apartment. Supposing I send for it in the morning? Yes, that would be safer. All right, a young man named Alan Cornelius will call for it. Alan Cornelius. That's right. He's new in intelligence, but absolutely trustworthy. He'll use your own personal registration number as identification. 11864. Right. He'll be along at 9 this morning. Good. How do you feel? I think I will never feel anything again, never. Good night, Lord Holland. The parcel drew me like a magnet. I had to see with my own eyes this, this horrible, sickening thing for which so many people had died. I held it in my hands. It was the size of a cigar box. I could almost feel the evil in it seeping through the brown paper wrapping. Half hypnotized at the thought of what lay beneath, I untied the string and removed the paper. Underneath the paper, a gray cardboard box. Inside the box, a case of leather closed with a zipper. Inside the leather case, a flat box of steel, very much like a square silver cigarette box. At the touch of my trembling nervous fingers, the steel box clicked open. The vials lay in white cotton batten, four of them, tiny glass tubes filled with a yellowish liquid. Each vial was the size of my first finger, filled with a mass of detestable, loathsome, yellow death, germ warfare. Death by disease. Thank God I had caught Nicholas Kessler. Thank God I had stopped him. The contents of this vials emptied into the water supply of the city of London would have killed nine million people. morning. Yes, what is it? I'm Alan Cornelius. Are you oh. the Baroness Karen Gazer? Come in. Right. I hope I didn't wake you up. Identify yourself. A number? Which is? Yours, 11864. Lord Harlan sent me to pick up a parcel. Did anyone notice you as you came in? I don't think so. How did you come? I have my own car. If you knew what was in this parcel, you'd understand my concern. Here, take it. Thanks. Is that all? Take it straight to Lord Harlan's office in headquarters. Right. I've uh, heard a lot about you, Baroness. Lord Harlan says you're the cleverest operator MI2 has ever had. At the moment, I'm terribly tired. I haven't had a good night's sleep in almost two weeks. Will you be spending some time in London? Yes, I expect so. Perhaps we might have dinner some evening. Perhaps. And now, if you'll excuse me, please. Oh, certainly, then. And uh, congratulations about this. Thank you. Goodbye, Baroness. Goodbye, Mr. Cornelius, and uh, please be very careful. I will. Goodbye. I'll be careful, Baroness. Very, very careful. Who is it? Cornelius. Thanks. 
Give it to me quickly. Is it all right? I opened it in my car. They're there, all four of them. Was it easier? Harland ordered me to pick it up from the girl. She the one who disposed of Kessler? Yes. Well, the weak die, the strong lives. It's as simple as that. But you're making plans for our safety. Oh, naturally. I want them to include my mother. Why should they? Because I say so. That's not a very good reason. She's still young, still attractive, and even though she's a bit cracked on England, I don't want her to die. All right. Six weeks to send her somewhere. What's the next move? The plan for introducing the cultures to the London water system. When will you be ready? The virus cultures must be concentrated. They take about four weeks to grow. We'll be ready by the middle of July. My immediate concern is explaining the loss of the virus to Lord Holland. You're driving a car? Yes. Hmm. Have an accident. A fake accident. Lamppost. Anything. Pretend to be injured. Call me in as your doctor. I know you'll be suitably concerned over my condition. I'll watch you like a hawk. It's not a bad idea. Crowd gathers, I'm unconscious. When I come to, the parcel is gone. Why not? Every foreign agent in Europe has been after it at some time or another. All right. You'll have a patient in a few minutes. As the Americans would say, an accident. Looking for a place to happen. Lord Harland, do you realize what I've been through to get the parcel to England? Baroness, believe me, I'm quite as upset as you are. Upset? This, this idiot of a man can't even drive an automobile. On the contrary, my dear, he's a very good driver. A child ran across the street in front of him. He tried to avoid it and stuck a fire Oh. Hydrant. When he regained consciousness, the parcel was gone. Gone where? How? Have there been checks made? Of course, but the accident happened near Piccadilly Circus. You know how quickly a crowd gathers. We have absolutely no idea who might have taken it. The trail is completely closed. It is rank incompetence. Every precaution is being taken. I've tripled the guard on every London reservoir. Actually, I think the danger is comparatively slight. Slight? Yes, you see, whatever this is would have to be introduced to the drinking water after purification. Uh, what? I don't understand. Well, if it is introduced before purification, it would be detected and eliminated. This means they have to get the germs into the water at a pumping station. And that is practically impossible. Nothing is impossible to a clever Nazi. We have always underestimated I'm it. having security spot checks made at unexpected intervals at every pumping station and every reservoir. Lord Harland. Yes? Is Alan Cornelius completely trustworthy? Trust? Oh, my dear Baroness, please. Is he? Yes, completely. Father served under me in the First War. He died... He died defending his country. His mother is a wonderful woman. I've known her for many years. I know that her son is above reproach. Was he badly injured? Well, he tore a ligament in his back, hit his nose on the steering wheel. Could I go to see him? Why? I would like to talk to him. Baroness, I will not allow you to cross-examine one of my most trusted men. I have no intention of cross-examining him. He has been hurt, and I would like to visit him. Very well. His address is 12 Hillview Manor, Chelsea. <laughs> Charlie Jason, if you'd come to see me. Oh, but I wanted to. 
Dr. Mercer says I'll be right as rain in a couple of weeks. I've torn a ligament or something. When can you get up? Two weeks flat on my back is the verdict. Tell me, haven't you any idea who might have uh, taken it? Not a clue. I hit the bridge of my nose and the steering wheel knocked me cold. You can feel the bump under the bandage. I don't have to feel it. I believe you. But it hadn't occurred to me that you wouldn't. Oh, I didn't mean it like that. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, that's all right. Alan, dear, if you don't mind, the Baroness and I will have our tea in the sitting room. You mean I'm being abandoned? Oh, but this room is so tiny, darling. And besides, Dr. Mercer will be here <laughs> in a moment. I'm only joking. Oh, uh, will you come and have tea, my dear? Certainly. If the conversation drops below a loud roar, I'll know you're talking about me. We'll leave the door open so you can eavesdrop. Uh, sit here, Baroness. Thank you. Date muffins and my own apricot jam. Oh. Uh, milk and sugar? No, just clear, please. It's uh, awfully sweet of you to come and visit, Alan. It's so tiresome for him not being able to walk. Thank you. Uh, Mrs. Cornelius. Yes? Who is that in the picture? Oh, that's my husband. The 5th London Regiment. Yes. He was killed at Passchendaele in 1917. Lord Harland was his commanding officer. I see. Ah, it's difficult sometimes being a widow. But of course, Lord Harland has been wonderful to us. So interested in Alan. <laughs> Such a good friend to me. After meeting you, I understand why he hasn't married. Oh, my dear, you mustn't say such things, really. <laughs> it's terribly sweet of you, but I can assure you it isn't so. Lord Harland is the... Oh, there's the doctor. Uh, come in, Dr. Mercer. Good afternoon, Mrs. Cornelius. How's our patient today? Oh, very bored, I'm afraid. Uh, Baroness, may I present Dr. Graham Mercer? Doctor, this is the Baroness Karen Gator. Baroness? How do you do? Why don't you go in and see Alan and then come back and have some tea with us? I'd be delighted to. You can find him all right, can't you? <laughs> I imagine so. And if you want to keep him in bed for two weeks, you'll have to be very firm with him. I will. Hello, Alan. Hello, Doctor. Well, it tickled the guard on every London reservoir and on the pumping stations. I'm not interested in the pumping stations. I thought the bacteria had to be introduced after purification. This is not a bacteria. It's a virus, like polio. It can't be filtered out, and it's undetectable in the bacterial count. Is it fast? A mouthful of the polluted water is enough. The culture is growing nicely. I have it in a moist heat oven. It will be ready within four weeks. I've decided how we can get it into the reservoirs. How? Lord Harland is having spot security checks made at all of them. So? You pose as an intelligence agent. I'll get you credentials from headquarters. You'll inspect the reservoirs as one of our men. Is that safe? It will be with the proper papers. When can you get them? What's the minimum I can stay in bed and still have people believe I hurt my back? Mm, eight days and limp for a couple more. All right. You'd better go now. And don't have tea with the Baroness. Find some excuse. What's she doing here? Mm, just visiting. Mm. I'll come again tomorrow. Yes, do that. Goodbye, Alan. See you tomorrow. Oh, thanks, Dr. Mercer. Well, Doctor, how is our patient? Will he live? <laughs> I rather think so. Will you have some tea with us? No, if you'll excuse me, I won't. It's later than I thought. Oh, I'm sorry. Very nice to meet you, Baroness. I hope I see you again. Thank you, Dr. Mercer. Oh, surely you have time for just one cup. I'd love to, but I, I can't. Please, uh, don't get up, Mrs. Cornelius. I'll find my way out, and I'll take a rain check on that tea uh, until tomorrow. All right, don't forget. 
Goodbye. Goodbye. He's an extremely nice man. Yes. Of course, he isn't our regular family doctor. Oh, oh, really? No, Alan met him at his club. A monkey. No, thanks. Uh, but what sort of a doctor is he? Well, I believe he's a bacteriologist of some kind. He's been terribly concerned about Alan's back and very nice. But I don't see the connection between a strained back and bacteriology, do you? No, I, I don't. Well, however, since it's Alan's back, I suppose he can have any doctor he wants. How would you like to take him his tea? I know he'd appreciate it. He poured the tea with an almost affectionate gesture and handed me the cup. I carried it to Alan's bedroom and handed it to him. As I turned to go out, I deliberately let a small white cart fall to the floor. It was the address of a hat shop in Regent Street. Then I went back to the sitting room and chatted with this, this charming gentlewoman with the young face and a touch of gray in her hair. At last I got up to go. I can't tell you how we appreciate your coming, Karen. I hope you'll come again. I will indeed. I hope that... that... Yes? Well, I, I hope you'll come again soon. If Alan has to stay off, off his feet for two weeks, he'll be absolutely savage. <laughs> so do come again. Uh, perhaps if you're not... Oh, dear, the phone. Will you excuse me? Yes, and I'll go and say goodbye to Alan. Yes, do. Hello? Carolyn, how nice to hear from you. I've been meaning to call you since Monday, but Helen is having... May I say goodbye? Yes, come in. I hope you'll be better soon. It's awfully decent of you to take it like this. I know what you went through to get it. Oh, that's all right. You couldn't help it. It was just rotten luck. This kid ran right in front of me, and I just... just... Oh, please don't explain. I quite understand. I did understand. Clearly. No one had been in his room since I had dropped the card on the floor. The card was gone. Who had picked it up? A man who couldn't walk. A man who thought it might have been important. I knew then that Alan Cornelius was a traitor. <laughs> Cut that thing off, please. Sorry. No, I forgot that it bothers people. Now, what can I do for you? I want you to make an installation in a house at 12 Hillview Manor, Chelsea. Oh, in. A week from Tuesday, the three of us are going to the theater. You'll have from 8 until midnight. What type of installation? I want a microphone in the second bedroom. The man sleeps in there. It's at the end of the hall. I want another one behind the large painting in the living room. It's above the fireplace. Is this an espionage case? Yes, we think so. If necessary, I can get Lord Harland's approval, but I'd rather not. Your orders are sufficient, Baroness. Does someone monitor this equipment all the time? In shifts. 24 hours a day. Is anybody speaking in the bedroom or the living room with the editor and record it on tape? Call me the moment you get anything. I'm particularly interested in a man named Mercer, Dr. Mercer. Mercer and Cornelius. Right. 
It was the ninth day after the accident that we went to the theater. The microphone installation was made that night. Alan limped convincingly. Watching his mother help him down the aisle, I felt a sudden clutch at my heart. I dreaded the day when she would learn for herself that tradition is sometimes hard to live up to, that it exists mostly in the past, and that a hero can sometimes have a traitor for a son. It was ten days later that I got the proof I needed. I took it immediately to Lord Harlan's office in headquarters. Baroness, I dislike the idea of eavesdropping on an employee. I wish you'd consulted me about this. We have a tape here, on which is recorded a conversation between Alan Cornelius and a doctor nurser at two this morning. I'm asking you to listen. I'm afraid the facts are inescapable. Very well, then. Have him play it. Will you set up the equipment, please? Certainly, Baroness. You seem very positive, Baroness. I am. I knew his back wasn't injured. I dropped a card in his bedroom. No one else could have picked it up. It was gone when I went back. Whenever you're ready, Lord Arlen. Go ahead, turn it on. <laughs> the card with the doctor will be enough. Yes, then. Here it is, I marked it. You can easily impersonate Lord Harland to the same size, same coloring. Alan, is this all I need? Yeah, this is Harland's identification card, room my two. This is his special security pass. I stole them for the secretary's office yesterday. Why? I can't believe it. Don't you recognize his voice? Yes, but I... There is more. Supposing someone at the reservoirs knows how Dr. Mercer, the head of MI2, isn't in the habit of trotting around the London reservoirs. Are you sure? Positive. He always sends an operator. Why, he's... Once you're inside, you'll have dozens of chances to drop the virus into the water. He, he's insane. He, he... The time it goes into the water, how long until full pollution? In 12 hours, the drinking water of the city of London will be as deadly as prussic acid. This just isn't happening. Have you heard enough? Everything said to get out. A helicopter picks us up at Swaldon Golf Course, midnight Friday. And then I'll send my mother away on Thursday. God help her. Is that everything? I think so. Did you burn the reservoir blueprint? Last night. Turn it off. Poor old England. Doctor, I wonder if they have figured out what it means to live in the future instead of the past. I'm German in Well, Lord Harlan. We'll arrest him immediately. Emergency security, please. Hello, Colonel Ross. We're arresting Alan Cornelius on charges of treason immediately. Yes, 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 I have complete proof. Have two squad cars and ten policemen waiting in front of the building in five minutes. What? Huh? Yes, that's all. Isn't it enough? This will kill his mother. Kill her. Yes, I know. And she's such a fine woman. I wish there was some way that I... I wish I didn't have to tell her. Would you like me to? Would you? Of course. You and your man can wait outside. I'll break it to her as gently as I know how. Thank you, Baroness. Thank you very much. Lord Harland. Yes? You were in love with her once, weren't you? Baroness. I'm in love with her now. Shall we go?
When I suspected the back injury was a fake, I had the microphones installed in this house. In, in this house? Yes, behind this picture and in Alan's bedroom. It was the night we went to the theater. Go on. We recorded the conversation Alan had with Dr. Mercer. Lord Harland has heard it. He, he wanted me to tell you. He felt he couldn't face you himself. I, I can't believe it. I won't believe it. Alan couldn't. He, he couldn't be his father's son. And... I know how you feel, but the voices are unmistakable. But he couldn't. Oh, dear God, he couldn't. You'd better wake him up now. He's resting. Isn't that funny? He thought he'd have a rest before dinner. I've got to wake him up and tell him his country knows he's a traitor. I am terribly sorry for you. Are they outside now? Yes. You'd better wake him up. Will you come with me? Certainly. Alan. 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 Hmm? What? What? They know. What? They've come to arrest you. What are you talking about? What's she doing here? What is this? Dr. Mercer, the reservoir. You're caught. So what is this? What's the idea of bursting in here like this? Please, Alan, don't talk. Just get up and go. They know everything. There's been a microphone behind your bed for days. They've made records of your conversation with Mercer. Please don't lie and please don't make a scene and don't act. I couldn't stand it. There's no dignity left for you but silence. I see. Sometime, Alan, if you get the time, tell me why. Anybody mind if I put on a tie? All right, Baroness, keep still. You fool, put that gun down. I said don't move. You want to know why, Mother? Well, I'll tell you. Because I'm sick of being a hero, son. Because I'm sick of you yapping, yap, yapping about father and his bravery and his dying like a soldier. I'm so sick of it, I could vomit. You've shoved my father down my throat ever since I was a kid. Well, I hate my father. I hate Stop every everything about him. I've hated him ever since I can remember enough. Stop it! All right. But now get out of the way. If I've got to die for England, they'll have to catch me They're first. They're outside, Alan. Outside now. You haven't the chance. The house is surrounded. They'll have to kill me first. Get away from that door, Mother. Give me the gun, Alan. I'm telling you, Mother. Get out of my way. I'm not going to be honorable and give myself up. Now get out of my way. Give me the gun. Will you get out of the way? I tell you, I won't go. I, I won't let them... Give me the gun, Alan. Thank you. Now, put on your tie. Please, please stop crying. All right, Baroness. Tell them my son is ready now. they sign confessions, Lord Harland? Yes, both of them. Capturing the doctor with child's play, thanks to you. How is Mrs. Cornelius? As you'd expect. 
The tragic thing is that this might have been avoided. Why, what do you mean? Alan's father wasn't the hero at all. I looked up his record. I know. You... You know? Yes. He was shot in the back at Passchendaele for exposing his own men to enemy fire. And... And for deserting his regiment in the battle line. You knew this? And you have kept it from her all these years? Yes, Baroness, I have. Why? Because I love her. And... Because I shot him. You have just heard Ilona Massey starring in NBC's Top Secret. Stories of intrigue and espionage brought to you each week at this time. Here is Miss Massey to tell you about next week's show. Next week, the story of a castle in Scotland and the fluttering of a bird which spelled danger. The case of a wounded pigeon. A story until now, top secret. Top Secret is written, directed, and produced by Harry W. Junkins. Featured with Miss Massey on tonight's transcribed program was Alan Stevenson as Alan, Dennis Hoy was the doctor, Ian Martin was Lord Harland, Brooke Byron was Mrs. Cornelius. The music was composed and conducted by Dr. Roy Shields. This is Fred Collins speaking. Take It or Leave It provides gay entertainment for you next on NBC. Welcome back. I really liked how this one started because there was so much intrigue and suspense. And, you know, just that, you know, moment where she observes the traitor meeting his end in front of the train. It's a very intense, solid beginning. And then, of course, we learn the stakes of what's happening. And after that, I think the story kind of loses some momentum. Because, you know, when you're dealing with something like a biological agent that could wipe out nine million people, you really want some higher action. Instead, the story becomes a lot more basic, and the overall explanation for why the young man betrayed his country and was about to help kill nine million people was far from satisfying. I've heard of people who cannot live up to uh, a parent with a reputation and them acting out as a result of it. And, you know, if they, if the guy acted out by, you know, becoming a drunk or, you know, being insubordinate or surly, 
or just generally irresponsible, I could buy that. But to become a spy against your own country and plan to kill millions over it, that's just not really justified by the story. Plus, I think the implication that he was not a patriot who did his duty because the truth about his father was that his father wasn't someone who did his duty. It kind of just perpetuates the sort of fallacy that provided his cover in the first place. That you can really evaluate how someone is going to be honest or dishonest based on whether their parents were so. And this is almost entirely like a gen- and almost genetics uh, sort of uh, sort of belief, if there's any scientific basis. Though certainly it's true that uh, parents, you know, definitely you know have an influence on kids if they're in their lives. It seems like this story operated on the sense that whether the uh, parents uh, were, was present or not growing up, that. Uh, their character would be determinant of how the child turned out, which is kind of a weak premise to build an episode around. But uh, on the positive side, it was interesting to see her now uh, apparently operating in allied countries and how she's able to navigate that situation, and even being willing to ignore and go above the heads of a superior who was biased in his evaluation to uh, do the right thing. All right, well, that will be all for now. Join us back here next Wednesday for another episode of Top Secret. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.